On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll sort through a large group of streamers and prepare for this weekend's fab. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three go-throughs yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, May 14th. I'm Al Melchior, and with me here is Derek Van Riper. And DVR, uh, of course, uh, we've talked about this for uh, an episode or two, but uh, Thursday was the big the big night. Jared uh, Kelnick and Logan Gilbert making their debuts. Unfortunately, we are not staying up late enough to give you the final results there. Um, so I'm sure uh, probably as you're listening, you're uh, aware of that. And um, we'll talk a little bit about both a little bit later on, but let's get to the other news. Ronald Acuna Jr. hurt his ankle running through first base on Thursday, but x-rays fortunately did come back negative uh, and also negative x-rays on Lance Lynn's right wrist, which he uh, injured in his Thursday start. So uh, good news there, uh, relatively speaking. Uh, Another positive COVID test for the Yankees, uh, unfortunately, uh, Glaber Torres. uh, So he has been placed on the COVID IL. Uh, JT Romuto also on the Phillies COVID IL. He is feeling ill, but has tested negative. But because of the symptoms, he's gone on the injured list and may miss a few games. And Christian Yelich, he uh, will start a rehab stint with AAA Nashville on Friday, but is going to be eased back into uh, into action there on the rehab stint. So um, not expecting Christian Yelich back imminently DVR. But uh, how soon would you guess that we will see him back with the Brewers? Yeah, I wonder if they're going to want him to play in a game, take a day off, play in a game, take a day off, then play back-to-backs, take a day off, and then see how he responds to all those scenarios before activating him again, just to make sure that he's truly good to go with each little progression toward more normal usage. Because came back, played well for a game, and went right back on the IL. So I'm a little surprised to see him playing in games already just because I thought the timetable would stretch out even longer than his first absence. But it's encouraging, of course, that he's making some progress. Yeah, no, it is very encouraging. I mean, both in that he's going to be back to game action very, very soon, and that the approach that they're taking hopefully means that Yelich, once he's back, he is back for good. Uh, Frampa Valdez, he should be back for good much, much sooner than we uh, initially expected. He's going to throw a bullpen session on Friday, and if all goes well, he'll start a rehab assignment. So uh, we're looking at maybe just a matter of a few weeks before we see Frampa Valdez back in the Astros rotation. Casey Mize, just as he looked like he was starting to maybe put things together here, he's going to be making shorter starts beginning in June as a way to manage his innings. So uh, for the time being, I uh, should probably expect normal starts for Mize, but that will not last uh, you know, much past a couple more weeks. Michael Waka is uh, possibly going to return to the Rays rotation this weekend. He's been out with a hamstring injury. Diego Castillo, this is pretty much expected that uh, he could return on Friday. Uh, he's been on the IL with a groin injury, but that was expected to be a minimum stay. But here's DVR, the, the really, really big news. Uh, Corbin Burns walked a batter. I can't believe it. Hard to believe, isn't it? I Hard to believe, but uh, he did set the MLB record in the meantime, uh, striking out 58 batters without a walk 
in between that. So just an incredible feat and another great start for Corbin Burns. So let's do a little uh, exercise that we typically do uh, on Friday's DVR, which is take a look at some players who are day-to-day and uh, try to size up how we might handle them for the, the coming week. Didi Gregorius has been out with an elbow injury. Aaron Hicks has a sore wrist. Brandon Belt has side tightness. And uh, Paul DeYoung has uh, side discomfort. And some prospect news of the very unwelcome kind. Uh, Diamondbacks outfield prospect Corbin Carroll is expected to undergo season-ending shoulder surgery. Uh, that, according to uh, the Athletics' Zach Buchanan. And uh, actually, it originally comes from William Bohr, but confirmed by Zach Buchanan. And uh, apparently the injury occurred on a home run. So definitely a bittersweet uh, home run, to be sure. Uh, maybe more bitter than sweet, but uh, very disappointing news there for, uh, for Corbin Carroll. So, DVR, let's uh, take a look at the Thursday standouts. And as it has been for probably the past week and maybe longer just because of the way that the season has gone, it's going to be extremely pitching heavy. But I did sneak one batter in here. I think this is an interesting development here that uh, Michael Chavis, with a couple of doubles against Oakland, it's the third straight game that he has started. He has led off against lefties twice in the past week, the only starts that he's had against lefties. So it looks like there's a bit of a pattern there uh, emerging with Enrique Hernandez on the DL. So with this new role, uptick in playing time, where do we pursue Michael Chavis? I think it's got to be at least a 15-team mixed league for now. He's stuck in the bottom of that batting order. They're scoring plenty of runs. I mean, they were putting a lot of runs on the board before they made this move. So uh, I think Chavis is a good source of cheap power, but I'm tempering expectations for now because eventually, uh, once they get healthy again, he could be either squeezed out of this role or pushed back to AAA again. All right. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a fair expectation. Uh, let's take a look at a couple of lefties who did really well on Thursday. Patrick Corbin. Yeah, Patrick Corbin. In the standouts, in a positive way, uh, seven innings with just one run allowed, five hits, no walks, and nine big strikeouts against the Phillies. The four-seamer average velocity was up about a tick from where it's been the last several starts, 92.7 miles an hour. Uh, I don't know if that's you know correlation, causation, randomness. Uh, I, I you know <laughs> I'm not sure how to explain this start, but are we still in wait and see mode with Patrick Corbin? See how he does the next one or two times out. Uh, I'm tracking closer to actually using him because with the velo starting to come back, especially that gives me something to sort of hang my hat on when it comes to Patrick Corbin. We know he relies very heavily on the fastball slider combo. That's nothing new. He's been able to have a lot of success with that two pitch mix. So I don't think that's something we necessarily need to hold against him. And it seemed like he really had everything working against a pretty good Phillies lineup. You, know, you mentioned Real Muto being out earlier, but this is still an above average lineup for me matchup wise. So I think the trust level with Patrick Corbin is starting to come back, and I could certainly understand if you didn't have him in your lineup for Thursday's start. All right, and then uh, the other lefty here, Rich Hill. This one's not as surprising, although we did discuss Hill uh, on the Thursday show as a possible streamer. You said nay, uh, and understandably so. I I agreed with you that uh, against the Yankees with the inconsistency, uh, both in performance and in terms of the the depth that uh, he goes into games, uh, it was a risky start. But uh, if you did stream Rich Hill, it really paid off in a big way. Six and two-thirds scoreless innings, three hits, three walks, nine strikeouts for him. So was this just a matter of uh, good process that, that just didn't work out? 
probably, but you know, Rich Hill has been turning things around, kind of uh, similar to the Corbin situation. Looked pretty bad to begin the season, but starting to look like the Rich Hill that many of us expect him to be coming into the year. Jason Collette over at Rotowire had a tweet earlier Thursday night. Rich Hill's last four outings, 21 innings pitched, two earned runs allowed, only 20 base runners allowed, 25 strikeouts. He's lowered his ERA from 882 to 439 during that span. Yeah, no, he's been good lately, uh, and more often than not lately, going deeper into games, uh, but still still maybe a risk. We'll take a look at him next time around. Uh, Spencer Turnbull, we've talked about him a bit recently. Very good start against the Royals. We talked about him as a potential streamer. Uh, we you know, Nobody liked the matchup, so it worked out for him. Six and a third, just one run allowed on six hits and a walk, seven strikeouts. Nice line for Turnbull. But I, I think actually the more interesting thing that happened in this game was that Michael Fulmer got the save. He got the last two outs. Gregory Soto, as he has done lately, came in for the save, uh, but almost blew the three-run lead, uh, let two runs come in. So uh, A.J. Hinch went, he turned to Michael Fulmer, and Fulmer got the two outs. And Fulmer's been really good and reliable out of the bullpen. So I think it's time to speculate on him, even if there's not an immediate change of uh, closer in Detroit. You know, Fulmer might be the best reliever they have. That's totally possible. I guess I'm not confident enough in the role to do more than throw a very low sort of bid at Fulmer in leagues where I'm looking for that partial closer. Yeah, and that's a good strategy in general, I think, when there's not a move imminently afoot and uh, you can get somebody with that, that minimal bid. So I may try that this weekend myself. A uh, lot of good streamers. Uh, on Friday. So let's uh, get right to those and take a look at who's worth starting. Jake Arietta expected to come off the IL with his thumb injury and have uh, what should be a nice soft landing at Detroit, uh, who's going to start uh, Tarek Skubal. Arietta's not been bad this year. Uh, definitely didn't been a better version of him uh, so far. Uh, Griffin Canning is going to start at Boston. I know we've generally shied away from that matchup. Boston's going with Nick Pavetta, who oddly is not really a streamer anymore. Uh, he's become more popular. David Peterson going for the Mets at Tampa Bay, Tyler Glass now. So might be tough to get a win in that one. Chris Flexen versus Cleveland and Aaron Savali going for them. Flexen with a really bad CSW around 20%. Uh, and yet somehow he is in the streamer discussion. Adrian Hauser, Andrew Smiley, a couple of potential streamers facing off against each other, uh, Milwaukee and Atlanta. And then finally, I, I DVR put this picture in just specifically for you because I know you've really liked him at various points already this season. Dean Kramer, he gets the Yankees. Uh, so, you know, work for Rich Hill. Maybe he can work for Dean Kramer. It'll be Corey Kluber going for the Yankees. So who do you feel safe with out of this group? I'm going to stick to my process and not use Dean Kramer against the Yankees, even though Rich Hill fared well against them. And, and hopefully, if you listened to yesterday's show, if you didn't use Hill, you use Spencer Turnbull, since I did think that was a good matchup for Turnbull yesterday. I don't like this group as much as you do. I think of the the pitchers you mentioned, Canning has the toughest matchup, but he has probably the best skills. So he's at least in consideration for me if I'm already starting to chase ratios earlier in the year. But I think Drew Smiley against the Brewers is really a nice spot because that Brewers lineup is a train wreck. Yelich is rehabbing. Here is at Nat Nashville right now. You got a lot of bench players in starting roles. You got a couple guys who either have a lefty lefty matchup or are going to be platooned. I just think Smiley's actually in a weirdly good spot. We're just not used to 
at Milwaukee being a matchup that is streamable, but it is right now. So I'll go Smiley 1, Arietta 2 very reluctantly, and then Canning if you're feeling lucky because I, I don't want to mess with Boston, but I think there's a pretty clear skills drop-off between Canning and the rest of this group. Yeah, I think with a different matchup and a different opposing pitcher, I'd be a little interested in Peterson. But I, I'm basically in agreement with you uh, on this and, and with the ordering. And yeah, Arietta's intriguing. It worries me a little bit with him coming off the IL, but hard to pass up that uh, matchup at Detroit. So uh, as I said earlier, we, we'd get around to talking about those uh, two Seattle call-ups, Logan Gilbert uh, and, uh, of course, um, Jared Kelnick. And uh, Kelnick, I don't think we can really include him in the fab preview because, uh, you know, <laughs> that that uh, call up has been pending for a while. And he's just somebody who got drafted a lot and, and rightfully so. But that Gilbert call up is a little bit more of a surprise. So he's out there this weekend in fab. Uh, Garrett Richards had another really good start on Thursday. So he would have been in the discussion anyway. But uh, these two pitchers, Gilbert and Richards, uh, what sort of fab expenditure are you looking at, DVR? Gilbert is probably going to take at least 10% of your budget at a minimum, and maybe as much as 15 to 20, depending on how aggressive everybody in your league is. I don't know if you want to go to the max end of that range necessarily. If you're desperate for pitching and need to catch lightning in a bottle, sure. If you're in a decent spot with pitching, I think staying in that 10 to 15% range is probably ideal. And Richards is part of the reason why. I, mean, I think what we're seeing from him is a bit of a turnaround where he's starting to resemble the guy that we saw a few seasons ago. And even if he's, even if he's the guy that he was in 2018, it was a 366 ERA and a 128 whip, we'd be really happy to get that over a full season. So uh, I'm looking at Richards with a little bit of optimism. The Ks have been there. The walk rate is heading in the right direction. Swinging strike rate actually backs up the K rate. It's kind of ticking all the boxes for me. So I think Richards is going to go for you know 5% of a budget probably at the higher end to get him for half or less than half of what Gilbert's going to cost. The results might be pretty close at the end of this year, even though I think it's fair to say Gilbert brings more ceiling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Richards uh, could be a relative bargain for sure. A couple of hitters on my radar uh, DVR, and these are both hitters that I wrote about in uh, next week in Fantasy Baseball, which is now out on The Athletic. Jorge Polanco, talked about him on the show recently. He's just been red hot. Uh, and on top of that, the Twins, they've got eight games, pretty decent matchups. So just no reason to not get Polanco uh, if he's available out there. 12-teamers, I'm certainly looking for him there. And Tyler O'Neill. now the Cardinals only have five games this week. But I would take O'Neill over any number of outfielders that have a six-game schedule because the Cardinals have uh, five righties um, and you know generally uh, you know not too challenging. O'Neill has just been destroying right-handed pitchers, so uh, these are you know hitters I like. I'd be willing to go uh, about four or five percent on both. I don't think I need to go more, especially with O'Neill with the short schedule. So, uh, well, good luck, everybody, with your upcoming fab. Do check out uh, Next Week in Fantasy Baseball. And on that note, uh, we're going to close out this week and this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you have a chance to rate and review the podcast, we really uh, do appreciate it uh, when, uh, when you do that. So, for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be back on Monday. Mm-hmm.